0: Our gospel this morning is from the 17th chapter of John's gospel, portion of Jesus' prayer for his disciples. Jesus prayed, I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they've kept your word. Now they know that everything you've given me is from you. For the words that you gave me, I have given to them. And they've received them and know in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me. I'm asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours. And yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father... Protect them in your name that you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you've given me, and I guarded them, and not one of them was lost except the one destined to be lost so that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world and for their sakes I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Kind of sounds like someone pushed the record button while Jesus was praying, right? The other day, a friend of mine posted a snarky rhetorical kind of question on Facebook asking, can we do away with the movie cliche of running behind or alongside a car or a bus or a plane or a train that's carrying a loved one who's departing? It was silly and snarky. And, like I said, a rhetorical kind of request, of course. It was likely induced by pain meds and hours and hours of bed rest and Netflix binge watching because he's recovering from a pretty major surgery right now. But it made me wonder about those movies. Maybe something like this or that. I've never seen that one. I know. I could only think of Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner and the Bodyguard and Elliot and E.T. It was a spaceship, not a plane or a train or a bus, and they were on bikes, but same idea. My friend rattled off a few others. Anyway, those dramatic departures made me think about this morning's gospel, oddly enough, because what we just heard in that strange rambling prayer from Jesus is what smarter people than me call part of his farewell discourse, his famous last words, if you will. Maybe it's the first century equivalent, the scriptural version of running alongside the car, the bus, the plane, the train, whatever. See, even though we're living, you and I, on the other side of Easter in these days, as far as the liturgical year goes, this gospel takes us backward, rewinds to Jesus getting himself ready for the cross, preparing himself to die, preparing himself for his resurrection then, we hope, and also ultimately for his ascension into heaven, too. So he's taking his leave. He's about to say his final farewells, and all of that gives him, and these prayerful last words, more weight, and more power, more heft, more meaning than had he just been boarding a train for Galilee from Jerusalem. Still, even knowing what was coming for himself, all that suffering and all that dying, I mean, and his ultimate ascension, into heaven. Jesus' greatest concern, if you were listening, was for his family and for his friends. He wants to entrust them to God's care. He wants them to be protected, to be guarded, to be safe. He wants them to know joy and to be sanctified in the truth, whatever that means. He wants them to go about their lives fulfilling their call as God's children. And so he prays all these strange, scattered, stumbling words I'm not sure he expected anyone to actually record. Jesus loves these people deeply, for real. And he wants God the Father to know this, this farewell discourse, his famous last words then, are an earnest, heartfelt, passionate plea of a prayer full of love and concern and hope for his people, for his disciples, for these children of God he's been walking alongside and raising up in the faith who he's about to leave to their own devices. And he knows what knuckleheads they can be, right? He's about to set his children loose in the world without him and he's more than a little concerned about what might come of that. And don't most of us know something about what he's feeling? Haven't we been on one end of this sort of goodbye, this kind of farewell, this surrender at some point in our lives? Whether it was sending our child off to kindergarten, setting them up in their first dorm room, Maybe it was walking your daughter down the aisle on her wedding day or kissing a loved one goodbye before the nurse wheeled them off to some kind of major surgery. Maybe it was a farewell to a friend who moved away or goodbye to a coworker, or to a career of your own, perhaps. Maybe it was the final goodbye to someone you knew you never were going to see again. Or the pain of a goodbye that never happened in time because no one saw it coming. Maybe you chased a plane or a train or a bus or a boat with someone you loved on board. Whatever the case, I imagine Jesus has something like all of that and more in mind with this prayer today. This loving, letting go. With all kinds of hope and faith and some measure of fear, too, for what was to come of those he was leaving behind to their own devices. Would they remember what he'd taught them? Would they keep the faith? Did they know how much they were loved? Were they up to the challenges that would come their way? Were they ready for the hard choices, the setbacks? the letdowns, the disappointments, the failures, the dangers in their future. Because life in this world is hard. Risky, even, isn't it? For Jesus, it led to the cross, and he knew it. For the rest of us, it can mean all sorts of sadness and struggle. There's sickness out here in the real world. There's disease and disaster. There are accidents and addictions. There are bullies, broken relationships, and unfulfilled dreams. There's a pandemic. There's cancer. They're still killing each other in Israel and Palestine, for crying out loud. All this is what we set our children or our loved ones loose into every day. When we put them on the bus, when we hand them the keys to the car, when we send them off to college or to work or to be married, whatever. And all of it is what God sends each of us into just the same as people on the planet, as partners in mission in this place too. Gathering for worship, to learn, to serve, doing our best to make faithful commitments to this ministry, to this holy work that we share, it's hard. It feels risky sometimes. And all that is why Jesus prays for us and why his prayers matter for us. It reminds us that his words and his ways are of God and that ours can be too. We're reminded that we belong to something bigger than ourselves, something more than what we can always see on this side of the grave. Jesus' words remind us that we are one somehow. In spite of the differences and the divisions that the world might try to convince us of or impose upon us, we are one bound together by the love and the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the hope of our Creator. And because of that, we can do this, people. Live our lives on the other side of Easter, I mean. We can go about our lives in this world afraid and uncertain more often than we would like, but filled, too, as God intends. With more faith than fear. With more hope than despair. With more love than judgment. And not just to carry on, to muddle through, to get by, but to thrive. And not to thrive just for ourselves, but to thrive for the sake of others, too and to do it in the name of and by the grace of this Jesus, who was crucified, who was raised for us, for the sake of the world, and who loved us, and who loves us still, always, come what may. Amen.